Hello, you're listening to the Performance Podcast, the only podcast in the world that reviews every single West End show out of 20 and tells you what are the best ones to go and see. This week, we reviewed the East 17 musical just called Stay. And was it worth staying for the encore? Now, we've got the writer of the East 17 musical in the studio with us. How are you, Brian Harvey? Hello. Hey, uh, and what gave you the idea to write a musical about East 17? I fell out of my car eating a baked potato again. And I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a musical. Well, it's a good job you didn't stay there and you wrote a musical. And then I did hurt my leg, but then I thought about the royalties from the musical would probably pay for the leg operation. Marvellous. And at this point, everyone's probably realised he didn't write the song or own the royalties. You're listening no. to Small Screen Naughties. Let's go. How's your week been? It's been all right. How's your week been? Uh, I've heard uh, you did some improvising. I did some improvising. I did my set, my normal set. Yeah. Which had a little bit of improvisation in it. I didn't want to tell them that, but I did improvise a bit while I was on stage. And then at the end, we all got up and did an improvisational finale. An improvisational finale, you say? It's a finale. It was all right. I wasn't playing a character most of the time. I was playing... Chris Barnes being shocked by other people talking to me on stage. That was the character I was playing. That sounded good, man. Did uh, the audience enjoy it? They did enjoy it. I got a couple of laughs, but the only problem is it's been recorded and I don't want to watch it back because then it will ruin the experience for it. I mean, at the time, it's all good, isn't it? At the time, you're killing it and you watch it back and think, (laughs) actually, only three people laughed at that bit. That's good, man. It's nice to know you've had a good week. Yeah, and I'm thinking about doing it more. Doing more international stuff. More improvisation. Even though this is improvised every week, we don't write this. Well, it's got notes, and I do apologise for listeners. It does have notes, but mine are currently in Broadstairs, and I'm currently in Herne Bay. So is your your notes doing a podcast with someone else? No, my notes, literally, I wrote it on my break. I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit and watch it. Laughed, wrote them all down, and then I came home, sat down to do this, poured myself an old mug of tea. (laughs) And I completely forgot that I didn't have any notes. So uh, don't worry, guys, because sometimes I don't even have notes. I know that's come to a surprise for many of you. I watched it sober to start off with. And I watched it on Saturday night, so then I was a bit more drunk. And then the notes got more scribbly, so I had to stop watching it. And then I came back in the morning and watched the rest of it. How drunk were you? What were we talking? I liked it more when I watched it in the morning than I did in the evening. I got did more... it anger you when you were drunk? Well, not... No. Anyway, I haven't said what it is. We haven't. We watched Brian Conley Chat Show. Let's talk about his chat show. Now, I think with comedians, there's always that feeling that every comic tries to grow up at some point. So they either do one thing, they either write a book or host a chat show. This mm. was the latter. Well, I thought 
he was still doing the Brian Connolly show in 2000. And I thought, no, he wasn't. And it's a diff- It's the same show, but with a different format. But it's not more grown up, is it? No, because he starts with a musical number, which is... Why does no one do that anymore? Why don't you just watch uh, Graham Norton and before the show starts, he sings Everybody in the House of Love by East 17. Oh, beg to see that. Do you think that's an old school entertainers thing? Where, Well, I know it is because they tell everyone, you know what, you always need to start with a song. It's the Brucey effect, isn't it? You, used to be, you, have, to, you have to be an all-rounder, you have to sing, you have to dance. I won't lie, Bruce Forsyth's tap dancing wasn't that good. Anything else you want to ruin whilst we're on it? He wasn't. He was a brilliant entertainer, but his tap dance, it wasn't as good as he thought it was. I don't know. I don't, I, I've never really rated Bruce Forsyth's tap dancing. I have, and I've decided that it wasn't as good as he thinks it is. I think if you can tap dance, that it's good. It's one of those. To have the skill to tap... Can you tap dance? No. There used to be someone I worked with who every variety show we did as entertainers tap dance, and she was terrible, man. Like, it was... It's like she'd bought the shoes, and in her mind, I can tap. I think that's what all tap dancers think. I think we can do it, and then you can't do it. I don't know why all of a sudden a <laughs> tap dancers, the things go like, they're the real problem with society. Yeah, last week it was the diary of a CEO, and now it's tap dancers. He's not got in contact. No, no, he doesn't listen. No, no, of course he doesn't. He's, he's a busy man. Patient. And, he, and he's on Dragon's Den as well. We should do Dragon's Den one week. We should do. I thought you meant literally go on Dragon's Den with a great idea. Yeah, I've got an idea for a podcast. We review yeah. shows from the 2000s, which included Kirsty Young, Shola Rammer. Mm. Uh, oh, don't tell me you've got a story about her. Sean Williamson. I don't have any stories about Shola Rammer. This one, you have to always say it the same way every time. Spider-Man's dad, Dominic Holland. <laughs> Always. He's not he, he's not Dominic Holland anymore, the comedian that started before his son was in the films. No, he is Spider-Man's dad, Dominic Holland. He's written a book about it, so I think it's fair enough to say he is Spider-Man's dad. Gary Enfield and the rubber man, which was called... Pierre Gumby. Who was... Uh, I always find it weird watching an interview with Harry Enfield. Mm, yeah, because he likes being ca- in character, doesn't he? He doesn't yeah. feel comfortable not being in character. <clears throat> if, uh, he did a Bride and Anne podcast recently, and he was really good on it because he was Harry Enfield, and I think mm. Bride is quite a good host. And it's just weird of going like, come on, Harry, relax, relax. Just <laughs> just talk normally. Stop being over the top. There is a bit of Harry being Harry the character, not Harry the person. Yeah, and that's what you want, isn't it? That's why you tuned in to this wonderful show. There's a lot of things we've got to talk about what happened with Sean. Can we also point out as well, Sean Williams, how big EastEnders was? That a star of EastEnders was on this. Yes. This wouldn't happen now. Yes, it would. In a heartbeat. What, someone from, well, no one from Heartbeat. Was no one from Heartbeat, no. Like, no stars of EastEnders in today's society would be on a chat show on a Saturday night on Graham Norton or anything from EastEnders, from doing EastEnders in this decade. No, no, not uh, Danny, Danny, Danny Dyer. Yeah, but Danny Dyer was already famous. No, no, well, only if they got really, only I think if they had an anniversary show coming up, then they'd stick him on. But yeah, if they just, just, oh, what's happening this week, Phil Mitchell? Oh, he, he get, <laughs> are you back on the drugs again? Are they going to do an intervention? Yeah. Oh, Phil, you and your drugs. I don't like soap characters because they do so much to them. That they must be empty husks by the end. Like the like four divorces, all their all their relatives have died off, and they're like, oh, I'm still the same. Uh, Ian Bill is still the same cheeky chappy man in the cafe. 
How can he be? I, uh, there is a great picture of Ian Bill turning on the Christmas lights in Folkestone 15 years ago, handing out autographs. And every time I have a bit of a bad day, I look at that. That's no, Tingy. Things like that back. Tingy. Tingy does look a lot like Ian Bill, doesn't he? <laughs> it does. And obviously a bit like Warwick Davis. Like, does it look like Warwick Davis? He does look like Warwick Davis. Uh, Tingy, if you're listening, uh, please email him with people that you look like. He don't listen. So, Melinda Messenger has had a baby. Fantastic. Uh, is that news that's just coming now or just part of the show? That's what Brian Collie said at the beginning of his opening monologue. Are you gonna do the? Are you gonna do his monologue for it? I'm not gonna do the jokes. No. Oh please, please! Melinda talks- Messenger has just had a baby. Had a baby, and a, a little boy doesn't want to drink out of anything plastic. I think that was some one of the jokes. And we got some big news this week. Big news: Melinda has had a little messenger. She's had a little baby boy, hasn't she? Give me an R. Apparently, they're both in great shape, and the baby's doing fine as well. <laughs> Melinda's not sure if she's going to breastfeed. She thinks it's unhealthy for a baby to drink from a plastic container. (laughs) And I see the BBC, the BBC, I've got a new drama called Deceit, and they're also planning a sequel called (laughs) Disofa. You're buggering up my timing now, love. (laughs) And this week... And this week... A pilot abandoned takeoff when two businessmen were caught kissing each other passionately. They said they weren't snogging, they said they only had one boiled sweet between them. <laughs> Former Carry On star Barbara Windsor is with child, she's just married him. <laughs> Give me an ooh. <laughs> Give me an er, matron. And Tony Blair. Oh, this is my favourite. Tony Blair has revealed he first knew he needed glasses when his wife Sherry caught him squinting at something small in bed. <laughs> it was the instructions on the condom packet. <laughs> An armed robber who tried to rob a bank pulled out a gun from his back pocket and shot himself in the bum. <laughs> the police say it was a crack shot. <laughs> Of course, tomorrow is the London Marathon. Hip, hip, hip! Hooray! My favourite part of watching it is watching the fun runners having no fun. <laughs> they, do. they start off really happy. They've got the silly costume on. Here we are. <laughs> and they're about three hours later, they've done four miles. They? <laughs> they start zigzagging, don't they? Uh, uh, and their legs go like this. <laughs> Oh, because what? I mean, they're meant to do 26 miles. They probably do 35, all this zigzagging. <laughs> and what do they get at the end? What do they get? A cloak made of tinfoil. <laughs> you know how I think? Because it is boring. You know how I think they should liven it up? They should, you know when they go for the drinks as they're running? They give them vodka. <laughs> there you go. And the best way of livening them up? <sighs> Every five miles, shoot the last six. <laughs> It'd be brilliant, would it? There'd be nobody dressed as a chicken that year. Huh? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Anyway, the marathon was the day after, and he talked about the fun runners, saying that they didn't feel like they were having any fun. And I was annoyed yesterday that there was no fun runners to start off with, and then they all came in, the clock came in, the man dressed up as a bus. Uh, Did you see the man dressed as the Blackpool Tower? 
Oh, that, that might have been it. I might have got confused. I'm always getting my towels mixed up. Uh, they do say that about you. Don't tell him we're meeting there. I've never seen the second Lord of the Rings film. Oh, so so uh, Brian Connolly's got his database of facts about the guests that come on. And one of them was that Harry and Phil got drunk at number 10. He invented the Teletubbies and he's had his scooter nicked. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though, isn't it? I love his 2000s computer that's just, just got the words. Now it would have graphics and everything, but now it's just the words. There's something to be said about those times, though, isn't there? I think things are just a bit more over the top now. Text document. There's just got text on it. What is wrong with that? In Times New Roman. It's all it yes. needs. Yeah. It doesn't need to be in your face. A paperclip saying, are you writing a document? Well, I'm on Word, mate. So what do you think I'm doing? <laughs> Would you like to turn me into an elephant? What? I think things went bad for Clippy is when you could turn him into the dog or the elephant. Remember the pets? Did you have, you could have a pet you could buy? What, pets? In general, what like no, 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 you could buy a virtual pet that you could download on your computer and it'd walk around and it'll be your dog. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. That'd just be annoying now. Hi, fact check John here. The game was called Dogs and Cats, your virtual pets. Harry Enfield brought a stiffy rig with him from the film Kevin and Perry Go Large. Typical 90s, not 90s, wherever we are. It's the old stiffy rig. What's my notes? I wrote four pages of notes. Oh, that's the first one. Is that everything on Harry Enfield? I think so. All that I can remember right now. This this isn't the best broadcasting you're going to hear. <laughs> no, it's basically it's someone who's got every note and then someone's got no notes. No notes. Like, I'm winging it on a wing and a prayer. This would have been around Kevin and Perry time. Yeah, it was. Have you seen Kevin and Perry, the film? Yes, very much so. Uh, not held out well. Do you remember the beginning? Yeah. Remember, it was like in olden times. Like the I, beheading. Yeah, and I swear, I, I think they did it on purpose to make people think you walked into the wrong film. And I was like, is, have they put the right film on? Is this, is this not it? I, I, I remember liking it. It's one of those films that you love as a kid, isn't mm. it? But then, then you grow up and watch it and think, no. That are my same thoughts for Brian Connolly. <laughs> oh! I loved him as a kid, and I watched this back, and I thought, no, no. What's what's I happened? Th- <laughs> I think our biggest problem was we didn't watch the Brian Connolly show with the sketches. Oh, I did. Oh, did you not watch that as well? I thought that was the idea. We do no, but, but what you sent me was like a live show. Now that is the Brian Connolly show. I've fucked up here. <laughs> I've really fucked up here. This was more interesting. This bit. Shall oh. oh. <laughs> so I tell you about the notes about the nineties show? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's. So, welcome to Small Screen Nineties. Way. We did. We watched two, two. We compared the two and put them together. Yeah, we've we've finally done it. We've done a crossover between the old podcast and the new podcast. And it's a good thing I I kept all the music from the old podcast, or that had been very hard trying to find the old theme tune. It would have made any sense whatsoever. Uh, oh, Brian came on as the Blue Sisters. Yeah, I saw that. He did a quick change. Um, a uh, plane off the wall. I don't know what that means. Once again. What, why does everyone need to come up with a song? Because you have to. 
You you just said a minute ago, why don't people do it like you wanted that to happen? I don't know if I want it. He did handy it's hints a... where he had two naked people and the bloke was touching up the woman. Different time. Different, different times. Also, you couldn't do you shouldn't be able to have done that then. Uh Ray Allen and Lord Charles came on and then Legends. they brought they brought on Brian Connolly as a robot that was also he it was it was a robot body and then the the thing it was holding was like a Pinocchio with Brian Connolly's head on it. Mm. And when I watched it, I remember watching it when I was little and I thought, how do they do this? I thought it's so obvious. It's the robot is taller than him. It's so obvious how they do it. Uh, you feel like part of your childhood was ruined. I was. Because I remember my dad, he came in to me, he he turned it on, he went, watch this, this is good. Which I remember him saying that. And then watching it back now and thinking, yeah, maybe it's not as good as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt, but, but but you look back and think things were different back then. He did more singing. Yeah. He did Dangerous Brian. Love Dangerous Brian. He tried to fight a tiger, which is just a puppet. <laughs> um, Septic Peg wasn't on it. Uh, Nick Frisbee and Larry the Loafer. I still like him. I still like that character. I, I, I thought you might have a bit of an affinity with Nick Frisbee and Larry the Loafer. I don't know what it was. I saw him before. I bet Chris is really going to enjoy this. It's just that it's more of a character. Dangerous yeah. Brian is Brian Conley wearing a different costume, just being Brian Conley. Well, don't you dangerous. think played acting? <laughs> no, but he's not being any... He's not not a different character. It's just... Oh, I've just put a different hat on. I want to see me making that play. It was, it was just Steve. It was just Steve wearing a different outfit, being someone else. Yeah, but Steve was trying to do a different voice. Jim Bowen was going through his bin, looking at his stuff. Nick Owen was on there to help da- out Dangerous Brighton. He's ended with a love song called Silly Fat Cow. And, mm. then, he, and then he ended with Enjoy Yourself. What a tune. I don't think you have to watch it. I think I've done it for you. I think you did well. Uh, it's been quite the week. <laughs> Since you were week, we're doing both. And you were like, yeah, 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 we're doing both. I did, I watched <laughs> it. I don't know what happened because I definitely saw that intro. It's in a theatre. I thought it was a studio. It's a the- it's a theatre that we record that. But the stage is funny. I don't think you'd have a stage like that. Just it have felt like stage. one of those VHSs you get in the 90s. All, all Barrymore. On the VHS, but then you find out it's been recorded in Blackpool. There's Live and Dangerous on YouTube of Brian Connolly, full show for an hour. Yes. I didn't send you that. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the middle of the show. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Welcome back. So, Spider-Man's dad, Dominic Holland, does a routine about shopping. And I remember yeah. this. Do you want to do the routine for us now? I'll get bread, meet you at cheese. <laughs> and they meet up. And sometimes the bloke's shown some initiative. Maybe got something you shouldn't have done. <laughs> and the woman just has to give him a look. <laughs> I'll put him back. <laughs> I don't mean put him back from where I got him. Oh, no, clearly I mean put him back wherever I happen to be at the time in the store. So, for example, it might go Persil, Daz, Prawns. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, that's like nicking those prawns. Those prawns are dead in more ways than one. No one's going to buy those prawns later on. No one's going to be in the shop an hour later pushing his trolley. What Daz? No. What about prawns? Oh yeah, he's one of the reasons I got into comedy. Dominic Holland. I watched it when I was a little boy, doing a routine about everyone goes on about how smart their kids are, but no one ever goes. Oh, I'm sorry, but he's thick as shit. Did happen like that, did it for you, Dom? <laughs> Your son's doing all right for himself. Brian Connolly was my influence to become a comedian. I've, it was your influence. I did say it was Eddie Izzard, but then I realised I wanted to just be a bit like Eddie Izzard. But it was Brian Connolly seeing him singing dance, and I thought, I want to do that. Is it more the singing? It's <laughs> not the singing, no. Do, do you no, see well, that more, vocal more, thing? I think, I want to start with a song from now on. More the, more the, com- more the comedy. More the comedy. Uh, Chris, I, I'll teach you how to sing. No, I don't know. I'm not being told to sing. Yeah, come on. The next no. show you do, can you start no. with a song? Well, um, sexy, everything about it is I do, I sing, I sing the Okie Cokie now when I come on. Yeah, which, you do. Uh, lot, which, lot of... <laughs> it's basically out of, I don't want there to be silence when I'm doing it. So I have to keep, anyway. I, if any new comedians are listening to this, one, thank you for persevering. But two, when you hear the sentence, I sing over it because I can't bear the silence. I think that 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 in itself rings alarm bells. All right, no, no, I, I miss I miss it, said there, and I, I was about to say I miss said that, and I couldn't even say that. I miss said it. What I meant was, <laughs> want people to sing along with it, and people don't want to sing along if I'm not singing as well. I think if I just go, go on, there you go, and no, I went singing. On the Saturday, I was on a stag party. And it got to the point where it needed to liven it up. So I went on the jukebox and I played Black Laces, Finest Hits. And man, we congered 
And then the Okie came on and things got real. So uh, Brian Codley can't say Seinfeld. You've been called Britain's Jerry Seinfeld. Seinfeld. No, no, no. You, are, you have been uh, compared to the American comedian Seinfeld. Do your research. Skinner would have done. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> do, do you think Skinner's show was a better show? It was a better show. Fair In the break. end, well, even Frank says that he realised after a while it wasn't about him. He had to try and make it about the, the guests as well. <laughs> so Kirsty Young was on it. She was the 1998 newscaster of the year. A nickname at school was Saucy Chops. And she likes to sit on the desk on the side of the desk. Different times. Yeah. I like Channel 5 News because it's quick. It's quick. It comes on. It says, here's the news headlines. And then they bugger off. It's not an hour like ITN is now. But the difference is on Channel 5 News. They make it up. So... Of all the things we've ever said, we can't say that. We can't say that Channel 5 News make it up. No, they don't make it up. What, Channel 5 going to come for us? They... They will, because they've got a lot of dogs and farm animals that could come after us. Oh. And Challenge Annika, which I watched, and then it just stopped. There was no, <laughs> there'll be some more next year. Just stops. It challenged they, the viewer. That's what they do on Channel, Channel mm. 5. They just stop it, like um, uh, Happy Campers. Oh, yeah, when, when's the next one on? Oh, it's finished, mate. What? <laughs> and we had guests for Happy Campers. We had guests. I wonder how we got hold of them. You. Yeah, yeah, well, well yeah. <laughs> that was the point. So it ends. She said that she likes the Scottish pipes because it reminds her of Scotland. Yeah. And, this, and then it got weird because they then they brought on a pipe band to do some piping, as, as they do. And then the camera was focused on her face to see if she cried. I, I do. I also remember like the whole kind of making people try and cry as well is such a technique. As well, of like where people say, yeah, and I love your new film, but you had a harsh childhood, didn't you? And mainly, mainly things that happened, like you never felt like yourself, did you? But you're doing all right now. But let's, let's go back to that child, child in you, who's probably quite sad and lonely. What would you do if that child was here right now? Are you doing the Diary of a CEO again? I am. I'm not doing the Diary of a... Could you imagine, like, it'd be the worst podcast ever if I... The Diary of a CEO with AMJ. So uh, you've got a big company, but... <laughs> What made you start thinking, do you know what? Tamagotchi needs to go worldwide. You, have you ever felt low when you've been sat in a wimpy? Felt, the, like your life is not very good. You? No. I don't think anyone has felt low sitting in a wimpy. But if you've ever been to the excitement <laughs> of a wimpy, then, you know, feeling low is not. And when the beef eater, Mr. Wimpy, comes out, or Wimpy Man as he's known, and do you know the Joy Lamp costumes? None of them have been updated since 1983. It's not called Wimpy Man. It's called the Beef Eater or something. What is the Wimpy mascot called? Boom. Which is the match? No. The badge? What, the, what is the Wimpy mascot called? Showing pictures that match. Mr. Wimpy. Is that it? Not Ronald McDonald, where they decided to do a little rhyming slang on their He's title terrible. of the company. Mr. Wimpy. Yeah, that's it. That's up there with Mr. Frosty. So, you won't even tell me, show a picture of him. Who's no, the beef feature in Wimpy? Have a look at these pictures. No, I don't want to look at these pictures. Just, just a me. fat bloke having a steak. Mr. Wimpy's hamburger game. He is a beef feature, isn't he? Yeah. I love Wimpy parties. Good on you. I had a Wimpy party. I bet you did. 
We didn't go to McDonald's. Just a whimper. Did you get the message on your phone yesterday? No. No, neither did I. And I'm thinking, I'm not worth saving. Maybe that's how they go for it. Maybe they like, because my missus did. Oh, <laughs> she's more, she's important. Yeah, she is. You know when they must have like analysed who do they want to save? Have you noticed this? all the comedians haven't got it? It's yeah. a conspiracy theory. Why, what, what good are we going to do? If the world ends, mate, hmm. they're not going to need us. No. Like, just look at look at the COVID times. We were the first out and the last back. <laughs> we are at the bottom of the pile. There are magicians doing better than us. Yeah, they are. Um, did you have your data on? Yeah. Oh, because I was at home and I only had the Wi-Fi on because at home, so I don't need the data on. And they said it was on 3G and 4G phones, so I thought maybe because I turned mine off, it didn't work. Yeah. And Possibly. I'm with O2. I'm with O2. So. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Phones who work underwater, eh? Yeah. Yes. Sean Williamson. There's a lot to unpack with this. Case study. <laughs> 1994, he married his agent. Yeah. There was rumours he was going to be the owner of the Vic. And he's like, that's good because I could be in every episode. He can't lose weight because because he's not allowed to because Barry can't lose weight. What? Oh, mate. That's the dream <laughs> role, isn't it? No, but you can't force someone not to lose weight. I can't understand. You can if it's contractual. Like, don't cut your hair because it might that means it won't the continuity be buggered if you if you come back with short hair after you've walked out of a door, yeah. But the same with weight loss, yeah. But he could he could lose weight, no, he can't, he can't lose weight. Well, they could send him away for a week and then he comes back. I've just been to a spa and I've lost weight. Why are you so protective over Barry not losing weight? No, I just think he should be able to do what he wants. <laughs> Love Barry from EastEnders, I think. What a voice, yeah. We'll get into that. Why isn't he allowed to sing? I wanted to sing with you. And oh. you told me today, that, and this is absolutely true, that you, you, you can't. What it is, uh, uh, on, on recent situations, M- Martine had to leave to pursue a singing career. She's done brilliantly and, and she's fantastic. Sid is having to do the same. So what work have said is we'd rather you didn't, you know, we'd rather you were an actor and if you want to concentrate on a singing career, you have to leave the show, so I'm not really allowed to sing. So, can you mind? <laughs> I thought maybe we could do a duet. Well, they, they did it on top of the pops all the way through the eighties. Yeah. I'll have a go. <laughs> so maybe we could do a duet, and I'll sing, and uh, uh, but you mime to my voice, you know? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. What in general? No, on this he said uh, because Martin McCutcheon and someone else had been doing in the music industry. If he wants to become a singer, he's got to leave EastEnders, and he can't sing was the premise. I don't know if that's true or not. If that's true, it's slavery. He can't even lose weight. I need to let him sing. Let the man live. Let the man live. He's having to go through... He's reliving his worst nightmares every day as Barry Evans, and then he can't even release a single. He's ex-Blue Coat, isn't he? Yeah, he's from Maidstone as well. It makes perfect sense. Who is also an ex-Blue Coat? You. Brian Connolly. Oh, <laughs> It oh, all that's... made sense to me why he was on there at that point. That's how they get him in, isn't it? That's Help how your they friends get him out. In. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Out the blueies out. Out the blueies out. That's all them blue coats, mate. Always helping each other out. You know, we talked about the Roundheads and the Cavaliers with Fred Elliott last week. In Yeah. Um... If someone's just tuned into this and gone like, yeah, that, that was what you missed out last week. Go on. In uh, Coronation Street Civil War. Yeah. Has there ever been a big fight between the Red Coats and the Blue Coats? No, but things are said, like, 
It's a bit. Scum. It's always there is that. It's holiday park industry. So we're all like, oh, look what they're doing over there, and pretty much we're all doing the same thing. So Sean used to gig with Mike Reed, and he talked about <laughs> this amazing <laughs> comedy barrel that he used to have. Of the yeah. gags, which was right, I'll do that one, you do this one, which I said we should bring back, we should bring back the barrel of fun. We can no. just dip in, have a joke, or have that one again about Polish people, or have that one about the trans community. Yeah. I'm having that one, I'll do that one tonight. Come on, gotta bring it back. The comedy barrel, I don't think it's, I don't think it works well. I've never heard this work well, I've heard it work badly for Jason Manford. I've heard this story from Sean Williamson. I've also heard another comedian tell me the exact same story about Sean Williamson, saying exactly why the comedy barrel doesn't work and why you shouldn't buy your jokes from the stage newspaper. And for some reason, you, a comedian, I'd say revered comedian, (laughs) decides for some reason this is something you want to revert to, buying jokes and sharing them. Bring back the barrel of laughs. Bring it back. Do you know how bad and chaotic it would be if comedians were sharing the same jokes? When you picture it now going like, oh, I tell that one better. Did I tell you about when my parents went to a comedy night and they had three comedians on? And on. the first one told some jokes. Yeah. And the second one told some jokes were quite similar to the one that the first one said. And then the third one came on and said exactly the same jokes as the first two. <laughs> and they were like, we've heard these. All of them. Oh, that, almost that word bad. for word. It was like all three of them were just telling the same jokes one after the other. Well, Jeff Stevenson, uh, when when I, when I spoke to him, and if you don't know Jeff, uh, amazing old school comedian who was on Only Fools and Horses, has done loads of stuff, said that you could go to the stage and if you paid £5, they'd send you like 500 royalty free jokes. So most acts would go into the stage, buy the news, buy like 500 jokes. And the circuit would have literally the same 500 jokes, but only different, well, not even different punchlines. I hate that Brian Conley stopped him in the middle of a joke when he told it. Really? Well, he went, yeah, hang on a minute. I'm going to tell you a joke now. And Brian went, I love that, that you've just gone straight into the joke. You were just like, you bury an East End and you go straight into the joke. And I was like, you've just interrupted him, you dick. (laughs) (laughs) There is joke. Okay, bloke turns 65, it's his 65th birthday, and all his pensions come out and his ISAs and all that, and he's worth a few grand. You think it's, just, what... it's just the way you slip into it. So, I mean, you see you so much on these tennis, a... and the way you're such a pro. Okay, bugger it, you know, he's so. Go on, sorry. That's all right, trap me again, he's dead. He doesn't know what's coming around the corner, does he? No, 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 no. <laughs> Something he's probably. Is bad. He's sitting backstage with Brian Conley going, everything is good at the moment. I've got this new storyline coming up. I'm going to be married to Janine. Oh, that won't go badly for you, will it? Will it? Will it, Sean? No, of course it won't. <laughs> no, Sean. He's, he's, he's down the road. He's whistling in his car. He's going, <laughs> it's going to be a lovely day. Lovely day. <laughs> lovely day. Uh, what's you name? do know. You do know EastEnders is acting, don't you? Like, they don't. It's not like Big Brother. Where they're put into that and have to live those lives. No, I wasn't saying he's living the life. I was just saying that he thought, oh, I mean, he's in his forever when he was doing this interview. And it's like, oh, you, see, you, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. not. You, you're going to be knocked down the hill by Janine. A hill that's referred to as a cliff quite a lot of the time, which is clearly mm. a hill. Well, it was a hill. 
Just roll him down a hill. Like it was yeah. a bit of cheese. <laughs> so, what do you want to give Brian Connolly's show 2000 and me that watched it in the 90s as well? I want to listen. To, I listened to the brief. Someone else did. <laughs> 1152. 1152. Why, why do I always ask that without having a pen? 1152. You'd give that. I would. So let's lock it in. I would give the other Brian Conley show 1,062 1, because it had more of the iconic characters and it had Nick Frisbee in it. I'd settle with that. I fact check John here. The 90s were out of 90. So the score is 62, not 1,162. So let's lock it in. That was a bit of fun, a trip down memory lane today. Adam, please what? bring your notes next week. I will bring my notes <laughs> next week. I apologise immensely. I'm sorry that that was, that was a Chris Heavy episode. <laughs> I was doing I, all the I, work. Uh, I was more proud that I was writing quite solid notes as well. Like, that's the worst thing about this. You couldn't remember any of them, could you? Bit of busy week. Right, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Enjoy yourself. It's Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week.